Hello, love. Welcome to Floating on a Cloud podcast. It is the feeling you get when you are connected to your divine guidance. Sarah Sparks interviews guests to share their story on how listening to their divine guidance positively changed their life for good. Let's make listening to your divine guidance an everyday occurrence. Hello, loves. Welcome back to Floating on a Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Sparks. And today we are chatting it up with Shannon Hinderberger. Is She is a digital marketing coach who teaches small business owners how to grow their business using simple digital marketing strategies so they're less overwhelmed, get results, save time, and make some money. Shannon coaches biz owners from chaos to calm with their social and digital marketing strategies. Hello, love. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know we briefly chatted and connected like oh, probably a month ago already. I don't know, a few weeks ago. And I just loved our conversation. So I'm happy to have this conversation for others to listen to. And, and I get to learn more about you and listening to divine guidance and all the things. Let's just jump right in. Have you always listened to divine guidance? Is that your jam or has it been like, mm, not so much? No, I've been kind of like one of those people that rebels against the intuition and have learned the hard way that <laughs> I need to learn to just listen to what my gut says and not just be impulsive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I can be a little bit impulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned the hard way twice now in my life, especially in my career. But I will say that like learning the hard way led to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. I so, wonder, do, I haven't really talked to anybody who, who learns the easy way. <laughs> who has like, yeah. Yes. I have always listened and I, I am always a I, yeah. So I'm excited if, if anybody, you know, is listening and who has done this their whole life and is like, yeah. My life is easy, effortless, enjoyable because I've listened to it all the time. Like, let's talk because that would be a whole different angle. I mean, yeah. Like, do you know anybody who does the, the, the like, no, yes, and it seems like I learned the easy way. <laughs> well, it, it seems like we all learn with age. So, you know, I have a 22 year old niece who's, you know, isn't going to listen to anything I say because she's 22 and doesn't care. But when she's 42, I wonder if she'll look at me and say, I should have listened. I should have listened. I should have read those books you sent me. I should have done this, that, and the other thing, but Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see. We'll see in 20 years. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me about the, those, those times, (laughs) at least one, two, whatever you want to tell me. Oh no, I have, I have plenty of stories. Um, I don't know what it is about. Um, I grew up very Catholic. And so I always believed that, um, and I've moved away from that. I've just always believed that something is going to provide no matter what we do. Um, on a whim in my late 20s, something guided me to move to the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, Omaha, Nebraska was the, there was the rat race. I was like 28 years old. I had a, a good job in an industry I love. Um, and I came to visit my friend in Bend and it wasn't the first time I came to visit him. And I came here and I was like, I need to move to Bend, Oregon. I need to move here. And that was before moving to Bend, Oregon was cool. Now everybody wants to move to Bend, Oregon. Stop. We have no housing. No housing <laughs> for anybody. 
You sound like so, a <laughs> you have a, I have a friend who used to like grew who grew up and everything in Denver and she was like I can't handle it she ended up moving away she's like I couldn't handle it anymore <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah Bend is like a, a beautiful town when I can walk on my door and see seven mountain peak from five minutes to river trails and nature I saw a bobcat on my walk the other day five minutes from my house I mean just Bend's amazing yeah. and it's, it's why everybody wants to visit so I on a whim like and that was one of those decisions that it was just like, everybody thought I was crazy and didn't understand it. But I was like, I just don't want to be, be here anymore. And that's where I have to be. But that's not the story that I was going to tell. But I had to say like the one time I listened to my intuition, everybody thought I was crazy. And 17 years later, here I am sitting in Bend, Oregon still. Like you would think that I've been, would have been back. And, but it was the challenge and the thrill and making my own life and not making a life that you know, following the steps of my brother or cousins or things like that. But um, with my career and following choices in my jobs, I have never listened to my gut. I've always been impulsive. And um, about, it was 2015, um, I had a job I really, really loved. And, but it was time consuming. It was 60 hours a week. And I had, my kids are a little older now. They're 13 and nine, but they were really little then and um, are a lot younger. And my son has some um, issues with neuroinflammation. And so he goes to lots of doctor visits. And so taking off a few times a week for work for that um, was my boss wasn't too happy. And then I had to make up time. And, um, but I did a really good job at the job, but I was beginning to see that I was overwhelmed and I was burned out and I needed just to go part-time. And so I took a part-time job and I took that part-time job and something didn't feel right about it. And um, first day there, I was like, okay, this is the rest day of my life kind of feeling. And I was like, oh yeah, this isn't, this isn't what I'm meant to do. This is not what I'm meant to do. And I can't put a pinpoint on anything that somebody said to me or I can't pinpoint something, but I was just like, I'm not supposed to be here. And I really wanted to go back to my old job, but they were, they were like, are you sure? And I was like, uh. I mean, they're like, stick that part time thing out. They, they would love to have me back anytime. They, every once in a while are like, hey, what are you doing? Um, even today. So I sat in that job and um, just didn't feel right. Um, I was hired to, you know, be above somebody. And then I found out they were under me, which is no problem with me. I don't, I'm pretty good with the flow and don't need to be like the queen of the universe. Um, but then about six months in, um, I just kind of was like, no, this isn't it. And so I started interviewing for jobs and I wanted to work part-time, but finding a part-time job is tough. Mm -hmm. So I was interviewing for full-time jobs and one day around Thanksgiving. Um, so I worked a little backstory. Something I left out is I worked in the food and beverage industry. So I really wanted to work for a brewery. And so the last three jobs I had held were food and beverage, you know, um, marketing director over a hotel or a restaurant or something. And so my part-time job was I worked in the craft brewing industry and I worked with breweries on their digital marketing. I got to work with a bucket list company that I've always wanted to work with. Um, I got to log into their social media and post, which was kind of like a dream for me. I'm not going to throw the name of the company, but it's a, one of the top 10 craft breweries. Um, and I was at this, it was around Thanksgiving time and I just didn't know what path I was supposed to take. And I was really struggling with it. And I ran into a friend and she worked in the 
uh, worked for a brewery and she said, oh, I got a new job. And I was like, oh, you did. And she, I'm moving to, you know, Hood River for this new job. And I was like, who's taking your job? Um, happy for you, but what's happening with your job? And she's like, you'd be perfect for my job. And so she got me in touch with the hiring manager and we talked for like two hours and like, this is amazing. And then he said, so you know about, you know, our ownership. And I was like, oh yeah, like, I know all about your ownership. And I was, but do you really know about our ownership? And I was like, no, what, what should I know? And um, they were like, well, it's, you know, fly by the city of your pants and we don't have a plan. And that's just how it's been for five years. We really need a plan. We need somebody to come in and just say, stick their heels in and work the plan. And um, marketing plans are successful for a reason. Um, and he just was like, I get that, but we have to convince the person that's hiring you that ultimately pays your paycheck. And so I had an interview with that person um, and I was told that I needed to act differently. And I said, no, that's not me. I'm not gonna act differently. I'm gonna do what's in the best interest of your company and save you money and spend your money wisely um, and track where things like, you know, if you spend $10,000, we need to know like what the return on investment is mm -hmm. on that. And so um, he's like, I'm warning you, like you will not get this job if you act the way you're acting or speak the way you're speaking, you need to tone it down. And I was like, well, that's not me. So let me interview with the person and let them decide. So the interview was, I basically was like, no, I'm not going to get this job. I, I'm not going to get this job. This isn't what I'm meant to do. Um, it, I, I felt that this wasn't a good fit. And um, the person that was interviewing me um, was really testing me. And I was just, I was myself, I was true to myself and I felt good. I got off the phone. I was like, if I don't get this job, this isn't the universe's path. And um, I was flying to San Jose for some reason. I can't remember. Oh, my husband's company Christmas party was in San Jose. I touched down in San, San Jose and there was an offer for me waiting on my phone for this job. So I called back and I was like, wow, like I did not think I did a very good job in that interview. And the hiring manager was like, you didn't, but our staff convinced the person that we need, this is who we needed, the whole staff did. So I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I don't wanna go work. I don't, the last thing I do wanna do is work for a, a, an owner that doesn't like me from day one. That's mm -hmm. just a recipe for failure. And they're like, nope, this is where you need to be. So um, gave my notice um, with my part-time job. Actually, I worked part-time for them and worked in the, in the mornings and then in the afternoon worked at my new job right away because they needed somebody right away. And the first day in, it was that feeling again, like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. So I went back to my husband and I went back to the hiring manager and I said, I don't think this is it. I don't, I don't think this is gonna work. And he was like, yes, it's gonna work. You just need to give it time. And my husband's like, you never give up on day one. And I'm like, I'm listening to my gut here. And, and, and they're like, no, just you're not giving it enough time. And lo and behold, six months later, I was unemployed because mm -hmm. this wasn't a good fit. But that led me to where I am today. That led me to where I am empowering, you know, women to stand out online, even if they, you know, don't feel they have the look or the talent or know what they're supposed to say. Um, and it led me to, being my own business owner. So I think, was that the path I was supposed to take? Yes. But now I, now I really follow my gut. If something like 
does not scream, hell yeah, I am, I am not, you know, even with coaching clients, when I teach what coach one-on-one, if somebody's wavering, has to go talk to somebody, a past client, I will be like, hmm, uh, when we have our yeah. first call, there's boundaries set. like, mm-hmm. okay, like you didn't, you were doubting that I was the right person. So if I'm not a hell yes to, d- to you, then that's not a good fit for me. So even yeah. I just have taken those things and learned them. I don't even know who coined that hell yes phrase, but somebody did. No, it wasn't hell me. yes either, but that's saying, I even write that on like email invites and stuff. If spirits guiding me to email somebody was like, if you're not a hell yes, like I'm not saying you're a hell no, but if you are not feeling like, oh yes, because then like, which, how you, how you're starting something or, or working with one another. And it's just like, uh, I guess then that's like the energy that you're going to like bring to it. And so when you're working with individuals like ourselves, it's like, no, we're going to make some changes. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you have to ask everybody, if this, you know, the money you're going to send spend is worth it. (laughs) I mean, I have no problem when the client wants to talk to past clients and mostly like 90% of my business comes that way. But, uh, you know, it takes time and commitment. And if you really want to do something, you really have to commit to it. So, yeah. So there were some things that I wrote down that just stuck out to me. So when you were talking about moving to Bend, you had mentioned that everyone had thought that you were crazy, but you still did it. That was a thought that really stopped me from listening to my own divine guidance was what if everybody thought, thinks that I'm crazy? What, like, because if I'm channeling spirit and I'm allowing spirit to speak through me and I'm like, like this morning I'm driving now, I I don't have the shame at all, but I was driving from my daughter's school back home. And I heard spirit say, you're going to need to detach yourself from the car. Cause I really love our car. I mean, it's not like it's (laughs) <laughs> like some like sports rod or something it's it's yeah. a mom car but it I am five nine and I've got a long torso so like some cars I'm like this like turned my head in like I can't quite fit and this one I can sit upright I can like it just it just fits me I just love it it has all the things that I need the gadgets I just love it and so it's like you need to detach yourself from this car because by the end of summer beginning of, of fall you're really going to need to get a new car. And I need you to get a smaller, more efficient one. And I'm like, what the world? So I upstairs getting ready. And I lean over the banister and I tell Craig, my husband, I was like, uh, so the car and spirit told me about this this morning. And I know you're the car guy, so you can check into this, but this is what's going on before I would have prefaced things with, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is what's going on. Because I had such fear around it. Did you have any fear around, oh my God, everybody is thinking that I'm crazy that I'm moving, but you just didn't give two hoots. Like, So I've been like one of those people that if I'm determined to do something, I won't make it happen. And I don't really care what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, but there, I have to say like with that situation, um, the only person that in my family that was really excited, um, but sad was my dad my mom's not alive. So, but he was just like, this is what you're meant to do, do it. But, but I knew that if I told my grandma, I told my, at the time my grandma was alive, um, my brothers, my stepdad, my stepdad's reaction was, 
do you know anybody that lives there? Like, who's going to be your support system? And I was like, uh, I've been in my own support system for, you know, eight years. Like, you know, since I was 21 years old, when my mom died, like, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, I mean, the person I was scared to tell was my grandma. And she basically, until I left, like, barely talked to me. Um, but when I got married and she came to my wedding in Ben, she was like, this is where I'm, I'm going to get emotional. Um, this is where, um, this is where you were supposed to be. This is where you're supposed to land. This is, a, you're happier here. This is, I, I grew up in this big Catholic family where we have big Catholic 500 person weddings and my wedding had a hundred people <laughs> and was out in nature and didn't, it just didn't have all the pomp and circumstance. And she was like, this is the best wedding I've ever been to. And so she, there were, there were people, but I've been most of my life, that kind of person that just was like, I don't really care like what somebody thinks though. I do in the back of my mind do care. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how some of us stand out over others is we don't care, but then we also are there to help those that need the little push. And that's what I do. I feel like I do that every day. I'm a marketing therapist <laughs> more than a marketing strategist sometimes. <laughs> I think, I think my all, clients would say that I'd I agree. Think no matter if you, whatever, if you're in service, whether you're selling mattresses or selling products online or hair care or <laughs> whatever it is, you or a hairstyle. I mean, like anything that you're doing with service, I feel like you end up talking about mindset and what's really going on with the person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, when I lost that job at the brewery, my, I, I knew my stepdad's reaction was going to be, I was really scared to tell my dad. Cause I just was like, uh, Oh, wow. It was actually the second job I lost. I lost a job years before that. Um, that was a very similar situation. Like I wasn't a good fit and I stayed in it for way too long. That one, I wasn't so embarrassed about. I was a little embarrassed about this second time because it was like six months, but I was scared to tell my dad, but I knew that my stepdad's reaction was going to be, so what the F happened now? Like, what's your excuse now? And I was like, my excuse now is it wasn't a good fit and I shouldn't have taken it. I knew that from day one. The other job was I'd been in so long and went through so many managers that I knew it there was, it was bound to happen that a manager wasn't going to like me. And, you know, even though I was a good employee and got good marks and had many raises and, but when I told my dad, he's like, why do you think I'd be sad about that? It happens to everybody. Just think about that. Everybody loses a job. It's, you're not the first person that lost a job and people are probably, and if people are judging you, cares and then I'm like that's where I get that attitude from it's my dad <laughs> like he doesn't give he doesn't give mm -hmm. no yeah he doesn't care so do you feel like now because you you've had it twice this isn't what I meant to do those those feelings do you feel like now you're like yes this is what I'm meant to do this is what I meant to do. I, this is what I meant to do. It's my, you know, somebody's like, how do you make an impact? And I, I'm just like, I make impact by bringing people out of and helping them become what they, what they need to become or stand out. Um, when I, oh, here's a, here's a story that goes back to when I was five and then it's a long story, but I'm going to shorten it. So when I was five, I wanted to be a news anchor so bad, 
so bad. I would play news anchor in the basement. I would wear news anchor clothes when I was in middle school and high school. My mom thought I was crazy. Like you're in high school, you can wear whatever you want. I went to Catholic grade school, so we had to wear a uniform. But once we get to high school, I wore suits and pantyhose and uncomfortable shoes to school. And she's like, you're going to get made fun of. And I was like, I want to be, I want to stand out. I want to stand out and I want to, people think I'm smart and I want to be on the news someday. And so then I went to college and have a degree or I was getting a degree in broadcasting. And um, my mom died during that time. She died like about a year before I graduated school. And I just wanted to be this news anchor and I wanted to be on, and I watched the news every morning and I listened to the news at night. And I was just one of those people that if there was some sort of like current events quiz, I was the first person picked because I knew all the answers. So I was in my final like nine months of college and won a coveted scholarship, a coveted internship that was paid to a TV station in a, in a nice market where like Omaha, Nebraska is like, there's like 200 TV markets and it's like in the 60th. Bend, Oregon, for, put some perspective, is the last t- television market. So they rank them and things like that. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. But it's a great television market. I got a coveted internship that was paid, which you never get paid internships in any sort of journalism. First day there, well, after the newscast was over, um, the morning newscast, the producer who was my mentor says to me, so what do you want to do when you graduate? I'm like, I want to be a news anchor like you. And he's like, well, guess what? You don't have the look for that. And I was like, what? Like my whole life since I was five, I was 22 years old. I don't have the look for that. Like, it was what I thought. I was like, oh crap. Like I've wanted to do this my whole life. And he's telling me this, but then he says, but like you did an amazing job writing the news this morning and you know, behind the scenes, like you have what it takes to be in TV. Maybe what you have, what it, maybe what you have is to be a news producer. And so I was crushed, but then it kind of took a little weight off because when you're on TV, you have to care about what you look like and all of the things around that. And I was like, oh, oh. And then he made some comment about, you might not make as much money, but news producers are like the second highest paid. Like he was trying to like justify it. So I went on to be a news producer. He's like, I just crushed a a child's dream. I mean, he could tell. I mean, he didn't know, like, I was five years old and wanted to be Carol Schrader from Newswatch 7. Like, he didn't, like, he didn't know that. And, uh, and so I ended up being a news producer. And um, how I got into digital marketing was I graduated school. And, like, nine months later, I was getting the mail in the, in the news. I was, I worked for a cable company, and the cable company ran a news station. So I was getting the mail. And this gentleman was standing next to me and said, I've never seen you before. And there's a, it's a building of like 500 people. Like I didn't know, you know, 90% of them. And I was like, well, I haven't seen you before. Ha ha. And I was like getting the mail for the news department. And I said, I'm getting the mail for the news department. And the person handed it to me and he goes, news department. And I was like, yeah, I work in the news department. And he goes, I'm hiring a news producer. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I worked for the news station, like this, like, I didn't see a job open. Like, and I was like, all these things running in my head for our new internet division. And I was like, internet. Ooh, um, where's the job description? I want to see that. And he's like, well, I don't have the job description, but I could tell you what it is. And so five minutes, he explained it to me. And I was like, I want that job. So they said, how do I apply for that? And then he said, who's your hiring manager? And I was like, my hiring manager is so-and-so Mary something or other. And he was like, 
I know her. I'm going to go talk to her and I'm going to see if it's okay if I can hire you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I thought he was not, I thought like I didn't hardly even interview. Like it was like a 10 minute conversation. I hardly spoke. He told me about the job. He's like, well, if you're a news producer for our company already, like you're going to be a natural fit for this job. So that's how I got into internet marketing was like in this like discussion. I always credit his name's Chris Kelly. I always tell that story. Like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Chris Kelly believing in me. Um, and he, and Chris Kelly was one of those people that, um, he, I, I messed up once at that job and he said, you know what? We all mess up. It wasn't a big mess up, but he also said like, you didn't have the proper mentorship. He, he was the first one to say who on our team failed you. And, um, he's like, we, I, we failed you and we need to give you a little more guidance. You're young. And so about a year later, I got a huge raise. And he said, you really, you know, you really turned it around and you're a leader and all these things. Anyways, that's how I got into like internet marketing after being a teen, wanting to be Carol Schrader from Newswatch 7 my whole life. Okay, but so I just have to insert here. My mom is Carol Schrader. Not that Carol Schrader. My mom's oh. name is Carol Schrader. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my God, for someone say, I want to be like Carol Schrader. I, I want to I be Carol Schrader. <laughs> I want to be Carol Schrader. Yes. Your it's, mom did not grow up in Omaha, Nebraska. No, Eastern, Eastern Iowa. I mean, it would have been even funnier if she was like Council Bluffs, but <laughs> no. Oh yeah. We've had that discussion because yes. I feel funny you bring up Council Bluffs because that was the news station I worked for was <laughs> Council Bluffs News Now. <laughs> I don't even think Council Bluffs News Now is your news 17. And then they called it Council Bluffs News Now. That's what I the cable station ran it like we we did all the reporting out of Council Bluffs, but it ran out of Omaha, Nebraska. Mm. So we had to like drive like 15 minutes yeah. to Council Bluffs to, to do the stories. And then we like recorded it in Omaha and then we had to drive this tape over <laughs> the river to insert it to play at the cable station. It was really, wow. I don't understand how all that works, but the master had to go to the master control of the CB News. Oh, Thanks. when yeah. when you said I wanted to be Carol Schrader on the news, what this thought was was I always wanted to be Carol Schrader, my mom, and I wrote a a paper in oh, I think it was seventh or eighth grade about like my mom was my hero and all the all the things, and wouldn't it be interesting if we now as like as I've had two girls, I've got a seven and an almost three-year-old to teach them not to look outside of themselves for the, the people that they want to be, but actually look within themselves of who they want to become. And I found it interesting that, you know, our past brings us to where we are now because someone had shared with you that you don't have the look for to be a news anchor and so then people come to you now and being like I don't I don't know if I could be in front of the camera I don't know if I could do social media or digital marketing or um, I may not you know have the six-pack abs <laughs> to be walking around and being all sexy in front of the camera like um and then now you're like no be you so yep just be you I mean I didn't realize that was my story until I was telling a friend like, oh, what did you wish you wanted to know what I wanted to be when I grew up? And I was like, oh, I wanted to be a news anchor. And then I told her the story. And then she was like, wait, that's why you do what you do today. You realize that, right? And I was like, I never put it together. <laughs> that that's why I do. 
what I do is because somebody said like, I mean, I spent 22 years, even when I started my own business, I spent nine months, not like putting myself out there and like wondering like, why aren't I getting any business? I'm good at what I do. I had my part-time job. Like the day I lost that job, I put on Facebook, I called my husband and said, I just got fired. Um, And then I went on Facebook in my car, in the parking lot of that job. Uh, Oh, the funny thing that happened was they let me go. And then the fire alarm went off. So I couldn't clear out my office. And we had to evacuate the building because there was some sort of gas leak. And my assistant was like, I will pack your office up. What do, is there anything I need to look for? And I'll bring it to you. Cause I'm like, I can't, I need to leave. Like I cannot stay here any longer. And people were like upset that I was getting fired. Like they're like, you are the right person. Everybody, even the hiring manager. HR, they were like, you're the right person. I'm like, I'm not the right person for your owner. In my car, I like write on Facebook, like I call my husband and I write on Facebook, I just lost my job. Like the job I absolutely loved because I actually did love that job. I'd walk in every day and smile the hops and be like, I am where I'm meant to be. (laughs) But there was this one person, like I am where every day, like I'd walk in grateful. Like I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to what I'm doing. And I wrote that and I was driving and I got this call from the guy that the company that I worked part-time for. And he was like, you, I don't want you to think you're not good at marketing because you're amazing at marketing. I think you need to start your own business. Here's an account. Here's an account that you can manage, that you can have. And um, because somebody needs to, somebody needs to tell you that you're, because I was thinking like, oh, I need to just go work at Starbucks now because I suck at marketing. But, but then I spent nine months like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to get business? I had two, only two accounts that I was working on. Mm-hmm. And my friend said, you need to put yourself out there. I'm like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And she's like, yes, they do. So I sucked it up and started doing it. And that's what I help people do now. But I don't want people to wait nine months. They need to be doing it right now. I know. I think that's why I have hired coaches in the past and why people hire me is they see something and I don't know if people articulate it this way but they I would this is Sarah's words of they want to tap into the energy of someone who's already done it and so whether we say all the right words or we share all the right information it's like "Mm, she is already showing up and I want to show up like her or for me people are like she's already listening to her divine guidance and she is making these quick, effective decisions. I want to be doing that because I want to get out of stuckness. And I, you know, and, and for you, people probably come to you with a whole lot of childhood of not being seen and, and heard. And so they're like, how yes. do I do that? And you're like, just freaking do it. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe yeah. not. I mean, you're probably very, very loving and kind. I just put words in your mouth. Yeah. And I mean, most of the people want to come with a quick fix. And it's like, oh no, like I did two months of videos every week and I didn't see anything from it for two months. And, um, so it's not a quick fix and you have to stay consistent is the thing. If you're not consistent you're all over this place, like it's a straight line, follow a straight line, it will pay off. But if you're like squiggly all over the place up and down and not, you know, following the way you should follow or the path that I give you, like, you're, everything's going to be all over the place because you keep changing things. So, I mean, I'm, I'm one thing I'm like consistency, you have to be doing it like two, three months. 
So yeah, do you have any final advice that you would give people who would want to have more moments that this is on the right path? I like the, I would call them floating on a cloud moments when you feel that connection and you're like, yes, I am going to listen. Do you have any advice for people who want more of that? Um, my advice is just to not give up and show up and whatever you want to do. I mean, I think that that shows if you really want to do something, you have to give it time. Um, when I lost my job in 2012 and I kind of started, like I was half in on being a business owner and then all these jobs kept coming my way and I ended up taking a job. I think if I would have stayed consistent, then I would, um, I would have been much happier, but there was a reason why that happened. You know, there's always a reason why. So I always tell people like, don't give up and don't go for the shiny object or the quick fix. If there's a goal you want to do long-term that you, um, I always give the story of, yeah, I started my job and I started working as an entrepreneur or a small business owner four years ago, but I had these little side jobs that helped me get there. And there's no shame in having a side job to get you or going to work part-time. As long as your eye is on the prize and you're working towards that, um, just not get distracted by shiny little objects or quick fixes. I see a lot of people that will come to me. I'll give an example that drives me absolutely crazy. I need to have 10,000 followers on Instagram. And it's like, no, you don't. I don't have 10,000 followers on Instagram and I have a six figure business. So I don't, you don't need the fame. You just need a, a small community and they'll come to me and they'll say, I need this. I need this. How do I get this tomorrow? Well, you can go hire people. You can spend the money to get followers, but people are going to be able to tell by looking that you, they're fake. I mean, I can tell. I know other people can tell. So the quick fix is not always the answer. The long-term and staying consistent <laughs> in whatever you do is the answer. It is so true. I noticed my own growth when you're saying um, that if you're fake, people can tell it. I think that's true more so than ever now. And the more vulnerable you are, not being like, I'm going to divulge all my crap here on social media, but just being open and honest and straightforward and direct to the point, I feel. And I was watching some of my videos because Facebook would be like, hey, this video was happening four years ago. And I'm like, oh God, people watch that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have that. So like, That's happening to me. To read. <laughs> that so. happens to me. I'm what, no, I mean, that same thing of, I look at my memories every day and I'm like, oh God, like that's where I was four years ago. Like <laughs> there's sometimes uh, I want to like repost and be like, this is really what I meant, but I didn't know how to say what I really wanted to mean. Like I was like, oh my God. Well, it was funny because 12 years ago, no. My daughter is 12 is nine. So 10 years ago or 11 years ago, I, somebody said to me and I posted on Facebook, like you should teach people how to use Facebook and do video. Somebody said that to me and I laughed. Like somebody said this to me today. That's hilarious. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing like 13 years later. I was like, whoa, or no, it was my son was two. That's what I'm doing 11 years later. Um, Whoa. And then the video that when videos pop up, I'm like, Oh God, they were so like not lit correctly. And um, <laughs> I had to keep things under a minute because I was like marketing minute was kind of like my thing. And so it was like, Oh God, I was really talking fast. Like now I give myself like four minutes to 
give the advice I need to give, but it was like, whoa, marketing minute. Who thought that like, wow, people hired me after that. Whoa. Like I still like, we'll look at things and be like, oh, so there's videos I have on YouTube that I haven't taken down from my YouTube channel. When I was, I used to do be a sustainability blogger. And, um, I mean, that's something that I should have, that's something that if I would have stuck with, I probably would be, I probably would be Insta famous because there weren't a lot of people right now back then doing that, like talking about sustainability and plastic free and non-toxic things. And I'm like, God, if I would have just stayed with that, but then I have videos I look at on YouTube going, oh man, like that was horrible. And I, but I still keep it there. So I still keep it there. It hasn't archived. I won't take it down. Like mm-hmm. who I am. You can go back and look at that. Yeah. Awesome. How do we connect with you? You can follow me on Instagram at Shannon Lee strategy. That's cool. the best place to find me. All right. <laughs> you can find the, for those who are listening, you can find that in the description of this show. So thank you so much for sharing your stories and having this conversation. With thank you today. for having me. I just love talking about myself. No, I don't, but <laughs> I, do, I just was really looking forward to this today. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye loves. Thank you for tuning into this episode. For more information about the guest and how to listen to your divine guidance, please click on the episode description. So much love to you. See you soon. Mm-hmm.